All right, we are back. We're going to do some science segments for segment number three, and I'm going to be joined by color man Vlado Zaravica, who will just chime in, I think, when, when he feels like it. I will. <laughs> All right. We're talking about sea voyages, and here's a story from, uh, from The Economist uh, last month. I thought it was quite fascinating. We've often wondered, people have wondered, where the Polynesians came from. They were the greatest sea voyagers of antiquity, having basically found seemingly every inhabitable island in the whole Pacific. And talk uh, about needle in a haystack. Oh, my God. But uh, people have wondered where they came from originally. And it now appears, using linguistic evidence, they had suspected that the Polynesians originally came from Taiwan. Is that they, so? Yes, present-day Taiwan has a population of 23 million. About 400,000 are descended from the island's original inhabitants. And they, they did uh, language studies that made it you know strong evidence that there seemed to be a link there. But now they've got some genetic evidence that appears to back it up. They've checked uh, mitochondrial DNA, which is passed from mother to offspring, and, uh, and checked out these indigenous people, and they get a pretty good match. Actually, Doug, I think they were probably some of the smartest people on the planet because if, if they were able to find and live in Hawaii and Tahiti <laughs> as opposed to Greenland or Iceland, uh, I'd want them to be my real estate agent. <laughs> well, they uh, they did do a heck of a job. I mean, they would actually... Um, we're going to try and get uh, Jared Diamond on, author of Collapse, who talks about some of what uh, what transpired there down in Polynesia, Pitcairn Island fascinating stuff yeah i'm uh, currently reading his book and and i've also read uh, guns germs and steel his previous work well we're crossing our fingers we think when he gets done with the, the pbs gig we're going to try and get him here on radio parallax but i did think that was fascinating that these mutations that turned up in the mitochondrial dna linked back to taiwan so it appears that that's where the polynesians came from of course no one can answer the question where the taiwanese originally come from but uh, presumably mainland china all right, here's an oddball study that I can hardly believe, but it's been reported in New Scientist magazine, and uh, so, uh, you know, we're going to go with it. Apparently, they did a study on spermatozoans, how active those little swimming sperm cells were, and discovered, and they, I don't know how, this must have been a very elegant setup to, to do this experimental setup. They discovered that competition with other men can improve the quality of men's sperm. In that after men were shown pornographic images of two men with one woman, they produced more mobile sperm than men who viewed pornography involving only one woman. What? <laughs> That's what it says. They, they knew already, apparently, that uh, males subconsciously increase semen quality when faced with the possibility that their sperm will have to outswim the sperm of another man's. So it is quality, not quantity, that counts in sexual relations. Well, I think that, you know, if you've got the Mark Spitz of the sperm world out there trying to, you know, swim its way to it to glory, it, uh, you know. How do you set up a control group for such an... Why would you do such an experiment in the first place? You know, that I don't know. That I don't know. Someone was... I, I don't know the answer to that. This is from the oddball file. All right, where it belongs. And speaking of, uh, speaking of sperm, I have in my hand here an article that, uh, that uh, dovetails with uh, the talk we had from Dr. Barry Siegel on last week's program about the prevention of HIV AIDS, that yes, your tax dollars at work. The Bush administration is trying to put warning labels on condoms to point out that devices don't guard against human papillomaviruses. 
a widespread but little-known sexually transmitted disease, which cause genital warts or, in females, possibly cervical cancer. Well, what else don't condoms prevent? <laughs> well, maybe we should list those all, all of those. Common cold, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is this is stupid. This is part of the whole effort, to, you know, the anti-birth control kind of effort, and uh, you know, like abstinence. Abstinence is the only thing that's going to really prevent HIV. Well, true. Yes. If, if properly yes. practiced. Yes, and it but, will also prevent the propagation of the human species. Which is why it ain't going to ever really pan out. Exactly. You know, Mother right. Nature's taking over. All right. Here's an item. Chocolate calms coughing. <laughs> Apparently, researchers at Imperial College in London found a small study that theobromin, the active ingredient in chocolate, could stop persistent cough. Is that so? Yeah, which is which is not completely out of the, the realm of... Uh, uh, of medical practice because, of course, theophylline is, uh, is a similar compound, a methylxanthine type compound to caffeine, and it, uh, you know, is used in asthma. I still got another story where I don't have to put my hands on about the health benefits of chocolate. Actually, chocolate's turning out to be a lot better than people thought. I always thought it was good. All right. Another item. Acne may make life difficult for teenage boys, but later in life, they're rewarded for their orde- ordeal. A British study of 10,000 men found that acne sufferers are 33% less likely to develop coronary heart disease later in life. This may be due to the increased level of androgen, a hormone which, which triggers acne. Androgen may also have a protective effect on the heart. Who knew? I got nothing to add. And I, <laughs> I had a okay. lot of zits as a kid, so I'm traumatized now. We, we all had them, and hopefully they'll get some, they'll miss some benefit later in heart disease protection. I, I don't know. Woohoo! All right, um, item here from, uh, let's see, where does this come from? This comes from the Harvard School of Public Health about chemicals called phthalates, T-H-A-L-A-T-A-L-A-T-E-S. These are plastics found in toys, baby bottles, dozens of other consumer products. When absorbed in the body in even tiny amounts, phthalates blunt the influence of the male hormone testosterone. Actually, these are researchers at the University of Rochester in New York. They studied... 85 infant boys and found a strong correlation between their mother's exposure to phthalates during pregnancy and disturbances in sexual development, including smaller penis size and incomplete testicular descent. Warning, warning. And and this is from plastic? Yes, apparently your plastic bottles have phthalates in them and they believe that, uh, you know, we're getting too much of it. They said here that uh, previous experiments with rats found that phthalates interfere with testosterone during gestation. This is the first time they picked up an effect in humans. Rats with what's called phthalate syndrome suffered from dirt defects, infertility, and testicular cancer. Okay, so now the excuse can be used, I'm not a girly man, I have phthalate syndrome. (laughs) All right, from the technology file, did you know that they're going to switch off analog TV? Yes, I did. And that uh, they're noting that this decision to switch off analog TV before most people have digital sets may cost U.S. consumers at least $3.5 billion. Uh, apparently, Consumer Electronics Association, which represents TV manufacturers, claims that since most people subscribe to satellite and cable, only 33 million sets still depend entirely on analog terrestrial broadcasts. Yeah, but do you want to upset 33 million people in the United States by taking away their television? Well, but a study last month, this is in June, of the Consumer Federation of America puts the total much higher. 
It says 15% of U.S. households can only receive analog broadcasts. They estimate it may be 80 million people that are relying purely on analog. I have a question, Doug. Do, uh, is there an American television manufacturer still in business? I don't believe there is. Hmm. Curious. And everyone has to buy a new TV? I, I like your thinking. So who's benefiting in this? Well, one thing I think that's pretty clear, it ain't the U.S. consumer. Because I got a little TV in there that uses an analog signal. It's about to become useless. Can't watch from the garage anymore. And do not mess with the American public's television. Well, we'll see how, we'll see how that story pans out. All right, our closer today is not a science topic, but it's just something I have to read from because when I saw this in the Chronicle last week, I just, I just couldn't believe it. Article is written by Rick Del Vecchio of the Chronicle staff, and it goes as follows: Black Panther's hot again. Huey Newton's widow resurrects militant's memory with burn baby burn barbecue sauce. What? Former Black Panthers in Oakland have cooked up a hot sauce called Burn Baby Burn and plan to ship it to stores in the coming weeks along with a new clothing line trading on the legacy of the late 60s revolutionary Huey Newton. Newton's widow, Friedrich Newton, came up with the idea for the new brand of spicy condiment and the original Panther, David Hilliard, brewed the recipe at home in West Oakland. Huey P. Newton Foundation, headed by Hilliard, a name for the co-founder of the militant group born in Oakland, filed an application with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office last year to secure the phrase, burn baby burn, for commercial trademark purposes. It was a catchy phrase, and I thought it would be reminiscent of the 60s, Friedrich Newton said Tuesday. Doug, can you explain the background of the phrase for some of us who weren't born yet? Well, you know, I, I agree with, with Huey P. Newton's widow. It is a catchy phrase, but it is associated with the race riots in the Watts section of Los Angeles in 1965. Riots that resulted in 30 deaths, 1,000 injuries, and devastating fire damage to the entire neighborhood. Burn, baby, burn. The tags will highlight the group's social legacy, Newton's widow said. She said, I guess I want to celebrate the history and let people know the actual facts of the Black Panther Party and how some of these programs are woven in today, like free breakfast programs and the call for free health care. Newton's idea is the phrase should recall the Panthers' social programs. I admire her PR spin on this. Children who benefited from Panthers' free breakfast in the 60s might reminisce over the taste of mild medium or spicy barbecue sauce maybe it should be mild medium and militant <laughs> she says that young people might learn about the panthers for the first time by reading the tags hilliard or they could read a book well yes but hilliard chimed in saying this is an emphasis on using some of the revenue used by our hot sauce to educate <laughs> educational hot sauce <laughs> You know, I, I, I got to finish it. Hilliard, in closing, said he sees two generations of potential customers. It's the hip-hop market, and certainly there's people who have a nostalgia for the 60s. People who are looking for retro clothing and people who are still listening to Bob Dylan. They might be the people who want to enjoy Burn Baby Burn 
barbecue sauce. Educational barbecue sauce. And it, yes, it is educational. I, I don't. I'm just. I'm speechless. I'm speechless yeah. by the story. I want to thank Rick Del Vecchio for writing this little item, which I was happy to read. And it looks like we are out of time. So, Vlado, thanks for joining us. Our thanks also to Tom Burko, who called from New York. Uh, stay tuned to next Thursday's show. We will be talking to Richard P. Feynman's daughter. Vlado, thanks for sticking around. You are our, well, I should remind the public, our aviation correspondent, Vladimir Zervika. Thanks for having me, Doug. All right. Next week's show, we're going to feature a talk with Michelle Feynman, the daughter of Richard P. Feynman, Nobel Prize laureate and... Uh, all-round character. His book, uh, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, should be on everyone's bookshelf. It is an absolute classic, and Michelle will talk about her famous and entertaining dad uh, with us on next week's program. Our thanks to Tom Burka for joining us from New York. Uh, You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and now stay tuned for Todd. Once upon a time you dressed so fine Through the bumps of dime in your prime Then you Say beware, doll, you're bound to fall You thought they were all I'm kidding you You used to laugh about Everybody that was hanging out Now you don't talk so loud Now you don't seem so proud about having to be scrounging your next meal. How does it feel? How does it feel to be without a home? Like a complete unknown. Like a road. But you know you only used to get juiced in it. Nobody's ever taught you how to live out. Our-